All right, welcome to Capability Amplifier, and this episode is all about the gap and the gain, the high achiever's guide to happiness, confidence, and success. Of course, it correlates with the upcoming book. And one of the big takeaways in this episode, what you can really look forward to is how to um, think about a positive moving future, how to direct your employees that way, also your kids, and stay positive all the time and get other people enrolled in a positive moving future as well. How about you, Dan? Any big takeaways that you can think of? Yeah, and I I don't think I'm being unrealistic here, Mike, but I think that uh, just grasping a certain uh, uh, concept about how you measure your daily progress uh, can, uh, starting right away, it'll start today and it'll start even more so tomorrow, uh, you will expand a positive zone around yourself. And that will include everybody who works with you, everybody who lives with you. And uh, it's, um, it's been tried out by more than 20,000 highly successful entrepreneurs in the world, <clears throat> their families, their teams, their clients. Uh, and uh, it's uh, a very remarkable way of just thinking about what you do every day that sends you off to bed at night happy, looking forward to an even better tomorrow. All right, so this is a 27-year-old concept, one of the most powerful exercises that exists inside Strategic Coach. You're gonna get it today, and it could just change your life. It definitely will make you a happier, more productive person. Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and uh, this is another very, very exciting, I always look forward to uh, my podcast conversations work on the uh, capability amplifier. This is with Mike Koenig. And Mike and I are farm boys from the Midwest who went far afield from our orig- origins. And uh, we were just talking a little bit about, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> start with cold. Both of us started with cold. You went to warm and I went to colder. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, yeah, but I've always, I've always, well, I like the four seasons. I'm a four seasons guy, but I've always, um, I've always really enjoyed, you know, winter and we get, you know, we get pretty cold winters. Uh, I'm in you Toronto. Uh, Mike is in San Diego. Uh, very different, um, very different experience going through the year. But uh, yeah, it's um, no problem with me. I mean, you have to. You have to stay warm. You have to know how to stay warm and everything. But I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know what's wrong with you, Dan, but I'll, I'll, I still like you anyway. But I'm I'm into one season now. I figured I used up all of my four seasons in about thirty years, and then I was like, I, and I and I don't mind going into the winter. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then I want to be able to fly yeah. out. So yeah. to be like, yeah, and you know, yeah. uh. uh I think that what makes up our liking for, you know, where to spend most of our time is as <clears throat> unique as our entrepreneurial careers. I mean, why we like something and why we don't, you know, um, it's can't be explained. It's uh, it's a million different things that settle on one place or not. But um, Mike, uh, you uh, very graciously agreed that uh uh, we could spend a few minutes on the new book that Ben Hardy and I and Tucker Max have collaborated on with uh, Hay House and their great publisher, Reed Tracy. And Hay House is just up the road from you. And uh, that's right. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I, and Reed uh, is a fascinating our, guy. He's a, he's a great guy because Louise Hay, who started Hay House, uh, had a office on the same floor as where Reed started off as a um, CPA, uh, you know, accountant, and um, she was good at marketing. She was good at promoting. She was good at getting good um, authors. But as is the case with entrepreneurs, period, she she, uh, she wasn't good at what she wasn't good at. And uh, so one day she just walked across to the accounting firm and said, do you have anybody can just come over and kind of clean things up and put things in order? and Reed was the person chosen, and he went over, and two years later, he quit the accounting firm and became the 
you know, the CFO for her. And uh, at the, you know, when Louise, um, you know, <clears throat> saw the end coming, she said, you know, you're the person to run this. So Reed has uh, been in charge of Hay House. And they're going through a transformation now because they were, you know, they really are really personal improvement niche. As a matter of fact, they were the great niche for personal improvement. Wayne Dyer being one of their, you know, their, uh, you know, the great authors that they had. But just when um, I encountered Reed and then uh, Ben and Tucker uh, really did the, um, were the intermediaries, uh, he had made a real shift of going into the entrepreneurial market. And, uh, you know, and uh, I met him at, uh, you know, at Genius Network, where most people in this world, I meet at Genius Network, and um, um, that just uh, coincided. It was a perfect, yeah. And uh, Ben and Tucker went out to dinner that night, and they more or less agreed (coughs) to a um, a contract for a first book. And, uh, And, of course, unusual contract because I'm the author, but not the writer. And that was new in their experience because Ben is the writer and uh, Tucker's the strategist. And um, so we did, uh, you know, um, Who Not How as the first book. It's been, uh, uh, by their standards, a great runaway bestseller. And um, and in uh, just a few weeks now, we're going to release book number two. We have a, a 10 book, you know, a 10 book 10-year agreement with him, you know, based on success. And, uh, and uh, so the one that uh, I'm really excited about, because this has been uh, probably along with the Lifetime Extender, this has been one of the uh, most impactful books and most impactful ideas for strategic coach clients who are number now around 21,000 who have um, been in the program, average of three years. So a lot of entrepreneurial experience, but it's called The Gap and the Gain. And uh, and we just got off an interview that goes out to 100,000 uh, Hay House readers. So that'll go out this week or the next week. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. There's a lot of enthusiasm for this book right now. Well, I think, first of all, I got an early pre-release. I've gotten a couple pre-releases of the book. And the moment I, I got it, I read it very quickly. And I wrote to Ben and I said, this is even better than Who Not How. And Who Not How is a masterpiece. And I think one of the reasons uh, it's so good is because it's one of those things that's non-obvious, like a lot of your teachings, a lot of your creations, Dan, and yet it's so relevant. And once you hear it, once you see it, once you understand what it is, you see that everyone who's around you, who's unhappy lives in the gap and people who are future focused. And one thing that I always say about Dan Sullivan is there's only been a couple of times when I know I've ruffled your feathers and it's and it's gap conversations. And when you are your happiest and most engaged, it's positive focus, future focus. That's where Dan lives, always in the future. So for the sake of the conversation and get to get us rolling, <clears throat> why don't you give uh, I'd like to hear you pitch <clears throat> what the gap and the gain is in the fewest number of words. Yeah. So we'll use our Civitas moment here to create followers and buyers of the book. And then I also want to tell everyone where to go right away to get it um, right after that. So let's, let's begin. Yeah. Well, there's two kinds of human achievers in the world, really uh, successful achievers, Uh, happy, successful achievers and unhappy, successful achievers. Okay. And, um, and uh, they, do 99% of the same things to be successful. They're skilled, they're talented, they're ambitious. Uh, They have a nose for creating value that hasn't been created in a particular way and they create new value. And they're they're super fast to spot opportunity. They're super fast to take advantage of opportunity. 
but uh, there's a crucial difference that makes one of these successful achievers happy and makes the other <clears throat> person. And this is lifetime. Generally, the happy people are happy for a lifetime and the unhappy people are, are unhappy for a lifetime. <clears throat> and it has to do with measurement. Okay. How do you measure what you've achieved? And uh, I'll give you the unhappy version. Uh, and it's almost virtually the same as the happy version. But we have ideals. So we have pictures of the future. And it's usually a picture of ourselves uh, in the future operating at a much higher and uh, with much better results. Um, but it's just a picture. It's just a feeling that we have about the future. And, uh, and uh, we use the ideal. We all have ideals. And we all use the ideals. And the proper use of an ideal is for illumination. It kind of illuminates the future ahead of you so that you can set really good goals to make <coughs> progress. So here's what the unhappy person does. They, they um, use their ideals, picture of the future, very emotional, very motivating, and they pick a, an achievement. And usually, it, you know, it's something that can be knocked off in a, you know, in a quarter or something like that. And they make the achievement, they make progress, they get to the achievement, they start and everything else. And when they get to the achievement, they make a mistake. They measure against the ideal and ideals are not measurable. Ideals are not achievable. Okay. Uh, the other thing that can tell you what an ideal is, is the horizon when we're outside. Um, we look out and we see where the earth meets the sky and we said, I'm going to go there. And true enough, we can make progress and we can actually pick a spot between the horizon and where we are and we get there. But when we get to that spot, we measure against the horizon and we didn't make any progress. We're just as far away from the, uh, from the horizon. And when you achieve a goal based on and measure against the ideal, you're just as far away from the ideal as you were when you started. So other people look at you and you say, you just made incredible progress. And you say, no, I didn't make any progress at all. Okay. And that usually starts at around four years old. And um, by the time you're 14, you've really got it down pat, you know, that uh, you're going to get smarter, you're going to get better, and you're going to achieve the ideal. And one day you're really going to achieve the ideal and then you'll be happy. And you're not happy until you achieve the ideal. You have enormous progress. You make you achieve enormous goals, but none of the goals matter because they're not the ideal. So that's the unhappy achiever. Okay, let's go over to the happy side. Happy side does everything the, the unhappy person does. Has the ideal, shines light where they go, gets to the goal, achieves the goal, and then turns around, looks back where they start and measures where they started. And anytime you measure progress from where you started, you're happy. Anytime you measure progress based on the ideal, you're unhappy. Whole world does it every day, both sides. But some people do it all the time. And when you do it, you're very, very unhappy. And when you're really unhappy with yourself and you never let yourself be happy, generally speaking, you don't let other people be happy either for their achievements. Well done. Well done. And, uh, that's it. it and you're a prime candidate, Michael. You're a prime oh, yeah. candidate. I'm a prime candidate because we have this great ability to see a future that feels real. Yes. And if I tie I this into... I think you have to have had grown up with vast fields around you. You, you have to grow up where... The, Amber the, golden the, waves. There is... There's nothing but possibility because the reality is incredibly boring. <laughs> that That is so true. I can remember looking out at snow and snow and slush and slush. And I'm like, well, got to make the best of this. Yes. Um, so here's what shows up for me. And it, it ties back to another episode we did not that long ago. And it's about people who create purpose for other people, mm -hmm. um, which is an incredibly rare and valuable skill to have. And <clears throat> positive moving future is oftentimes the way I describe Dan Sullivan. When people say, well, tell me about Dan. I'll go positive moving future. Let me explain. 
And if you can do that for someone else and give them a positive moving future, it creates so much happiness because hope is probably the greatest uh, gift and service you can provide to another person um, and also a meaningful, compelling future for themselves. And I think what I love about the concept, and, and while you were chatting, I was grabbing a couple nuggets online, and one of them is just the subtitle of this, which is The High Achiever's Guide to Happiness, Confidence, and Success. Um, what I'd like to talk about is some of the tools that you've created over the years that help identify the gap, living in the gap, and also mm -hmm. how to visualize your, your positive moving future. Um, so talk a little bit about that. And, and when we get introduced as a coach member to the gap and the gain, what's most effective and what do you see when you, sh you know, show this off the first time mm. and you can see the lights turning on in the room and the ahas occur? Yeah, I think the, uh, the big thing uh, that I want to get across right off the bat that this is a concept that, um, you know, <clears throat> I drew out the first time 28 years ago. So it was in a workshop. Oh, man, I didn't know it was that long ago. I, I did it on, a, you know, I did on, a, you know, kind of a flip chart or a whiteboard, whatever it was. And I said, and um, there was somebody who just uh, made me mad because he was uh, extraordinarily talented. He was a movie maker in those days, you know, uh, you know, so it was video, you know, it was video and uh, had uh, extensive experience, uh, worked with Roger Ailes, uh, who, uh, you know, really put Fox, Fox News on the, you know, <clears throat> in, the, in the mainstream and Mike, uh, Mike Douglas, he worked with Mike Douglas show and everything. So I had trem a tremendous experience, professional experience, and he made videos basically for corporations and for product launches and things like that. And um, the uh, thing about him was that he was very hard. He was a very hard person. I mean, uh, if you worked with him, I remember once I, I tried to do a five minute video with him and it was 27 takes. He, he made me go through 27 takes. And, you know, and um, the one thing about us, Mike, you don't rehearse either of us to get a good result. You just start. And he said, no, 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 you have to memorize this and everything like that. And he was just mean to me. I mean, he was just very mean. But people who are mean to other people are start off by practicing on themselves. And, oh, the, way yeah. he was, and the way he was mean was that he was very successful, but refused to uh, accept any of the evidence that he was successful. And he was very, very unhappy. So I just got angry one day. And I said, Chuck, I'm going to show you what, uh, what, what you're doing right here. And right at the beginning of the book that we're publishing in three weeks is a, the diagram, actually, that I did that first day. And I just nailed it. Uh, I mean, I just nailed it. I mean, I don't think I've ever done a diagram for a coach concept where I just haven't <laughs> altered it since the first time I put it up there. And I said, you're measuring Ron. You're, you're measuring yourself, Ron, and you're measuring other people, Ron. And uh, I'm just going to show you, it's just a little switch in your brain. And I just went through the explanation, you know, and I drew, drew up the ideal, the, you know, the achieved goal, the start, and you did it and you measure against the ideal and it's bad. And you do it the other way, ide ideal, goal, start, complete, turn around, measure backwards, it's happy. And I said, all you have to do is do a switch here. And the one thing I want to get across to uh, Mike, it's a bit, uh, if anyone's has sailed, there's a, li a line called the plumb line that you draw between where you are. And it's like a straight line that you measure from one destination to another. You're never on that line. You're always going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, the, the gap in the gain is like this. So people say, well, you know, you must never go in the gap at all. And I said, no, nah, not more than five times a day. And, and this is the interesting, they said, what? And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I noticed I tighten up. I said, one of the biggest things that I've learned, it's a body sensation. And that I feel myself, my muscles start straining and I start um, thinking stressful thoughts, okay? 
And I said, I just, um, you know, trained myself. Anytime you feel like that, you're measuring against the ideal. Okay. And, uh, and so I just say, okay, uh, where did you start? And I measure backwards and I relax like that. And I'm good for an hour or two hours. And then I do it again about something else. And, uh, and so that's the biggest thing I said, um, this is not about perfection. This is about progress. And it's every day having achievable progress that you give yourself credit for and you go to bed happy. Well, I think the other thing that it takes into account, which is very much uh, Dan personality, is <clears throat> being able to improvise and change um, no matter what, for any reason. It can be arbitrary and realize that um and I, I think so many great products start out this way you gotta get something create a, a minimum viable product an mvp throw it into the marketplace and see if you get on one hand if you think like a google it's where's the maximum engagement you're mm -hmm. giving a product away and you are the product um or you're testing it out on check writers again test another on check Dan Sullivan test on the person who uh if it really uh, promises something great for them. They'll write you a check for it. You know, that's the only person to check on, you know, and guess what? If it's the right audience, the audience is always right. <laughs> yep. 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 So, yep. so if that's one of the things I want to go back in time a little bit. Mm -hmm. So 27 years ago, you draw this thing, it stayed the same. I'm curious, what was the seed, the motivation, or the person that sparked this? Were you around someone that no, it was, Yeah, you he was or? a client. It was this video maker that uh, really triggered. And, you know, okay. and I... It was and, just that. Yeah, and the interesting thing about it, he didn't get it. He dropped out, you know, probably about six months later. And, uh, but the rest of the room got it. And they said, oh, my, oh, oh. Oh, this changed my whole view of my entrepreneurial career. Oh my God. Oh, oh I'm doing this to my kids. I'm doing this to my, uh, you know, I'm doing this to my, my, my employees. I'm doing this. And, and I think that's the big thing is that if you get real good at beating yourself up, you start exporting. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, and, uh, but everybody, you know, what I'm getting across here, Mike, I think it's human to do this. And I think that every human being probably every day, not about the same things, but about something that you're in that gap. And uh, somebody said, well, uh, you still do it though. Like five minutes, you say five times a day. And I said, yeah, but I stay in it maybe a minute, two minutes, three minutes, and I'm out of it. And I said, well, before I actually came up with the concept, I could spend three months in there. You know, I, I just go in a deep dive and, you know, I'd be miserable for three months. And people say, well, why? You're, you know, you're successful, you're talented. Uh, when you're happy, you're funny, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and uh, everything like that. And I, but what I came across is uh, everybody does it. And I think high achievers are more prone to it than uh, not so high achievers. I think the, you know, the high achievers make extraordinary um what I would say, unrealistic expectations of their future or how fast, uh, how fast a big result is actually going to happen. If it doesn't happen exactly as fast as you want, then you beat yourself up because you failed, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and it drives people. And a lot of people say, yeah, I am that way. But if I didn't drive myself that way, uh, I wouldn't achieve anything. And uh, it's not true uh, that uh, people who do the measuring the other way are um, just as successful. But I will tell you this, that the happy achievers who really learn how to do this never retire. But at a certain point, the, uh, the unhappy achievers stop or they have a heart attack or somebody kills them or, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, uh, they, they, the end is never good for unsuccessful high achievers, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of things popped into my head while you're describing this. One of them is um, what I think the unhappy high achiever who's living in the gap 
what they have in common is they're constantly comparing themselves to others or this unattainable goal. So it's comparison, comparison. That is a certain recipe for mi misery. Yeah. And on the other side, one thing I've noticed about happy gain high achievers is very frequently they're meditators and the nature mm -hmm. of meditation is living in the infinite expanse. You know, like I, I just did a meditation today um, where it was a guided one with Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I find very fascinating, but a tremendous amount of his uh, work is imagining yourself in a space of infinity. So he does these little exercises where it's think about how much space your body's taking up, how much space the, the space between your ears are taking up. And again, the whole idea is just to live in this infinite mm -hmm. domain. And that is gain thinking. I think it, the nature yeah. of it is it opens yourself up to um, things just working out the way they need to work out and being open to whatever that is. And it also sensitizes you to uh, opportunity and potential that you wouldn't see if you're living in gap land. Yeah, and I and, think the big thing, being a meditator, it'll be 50 years next March, uh, and I, I just learned TM, you know, Transcendental Meditation 50 years ago. And, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things that if you get their product, but you never have any further relationship with them, it works better. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, what they do is they'll charge you five grand for a new word that you can repeat to yourself. And yeah, uh, yeah, now you yeah, can get it for yeah. free on YouTube. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I don't have any problem with it. It worked the first time I did it, and that was yep. good enough. And you know, they say, well, you know, you know, in about ten years when you do it, your butt's not even touching the ground. You're actually, and I said, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need that. No, just the, you know, yeah, nope, don't have any need for levitation. But I, you know, I do like the meditation. But it has had a big impact, and a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, have. Uh, you know, gone for the good in my life. My partnership with Babs is terrific. And, you know, and, uh, you know, the idea that we had as a business model really works and it's worked and Zoom has been great. And I mean, just a lot of things. And, uh, you know, having sort of the free zone category of entrepreneurs, yourself included, Mike, uh, you know, has uh, just made life just really fascinating, really uh, stimulating, and I'm, I'm very happy. But one thing is, and uh, this year I um, uh, just um, finished 50 years in Toronto. So I moved here 50 years ago. And, uh, and uh, I, if I take all my years, I'm 77 right now, and I take them, you know, and I'm a big, you know, the more I'm in Canada, the more I realize I'm an American. And, you know, and, and I've had this view of America, you know, I'm very, very interested in America. And I think uh, America is just extraordinary. And uh, but I've two thirds of my lifetime have actually been live, living outside of the states, you know. So I've had this sort of little bit of a perspective and a view on it. And uh, this gap thing, I think, is responsible for all the craziness in the United States. And we're seeing a, a full dose of it in the current setting right now, I mean, and everything else. And it goes back to that uh, Jefferson thing with the declaration. So three people got together, they said, you know, we got to have some copy for tomorrow. <laughs> and it was uh, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were there. And they had to they had to get out a Declaration of Independence, you know, <laughs> you know, as a product <clears throat> launch, you know, the product <laughs> was a country and we're going to launch a new country and we have to get, uh, you know, we have to get a, a message out to the people. And so he starts off and is, there's a very interesting story uh, why the life, liberty and pursuit of happiness, why it got in there. And uh, because I think it was. Uh, it was a mistake for a good reason, because the the phrase actually came from British philosophy, which was life, liberty and the pursuit of property, because the British have always based all law on the right to personal property. So to pursue property and get property, they they considered the, um, 
you know, the real foundation stone for leading a very productive and enjoyable life. But they couldn't do it with the colonies because five of the colonies, five, six of the colonies were slave states. And in the slave states, slaves were property. And they said to themselves, we can't put this in here because it'll come back to bite us. So what 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 should we have? Uh, Tom, Thomas, you're you're good with words, Thomas and Ben and Johnson. Uh pursuit of uh pursuit of better fries, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of fries. And, uh, oh, I got it. You know, they'll never pin us down on this one. Happiness. We'll just say pursuit of happiness. And well, what does that mean? Well, whatever, you know, whatever you, you want it to mean. But one of the things that pursuit of happiness means is that you never achieve happiness. (laughs) So um, that was 76, 76, so it's 24 years, uh, 235 years. Um, Life, I understand, really good. You know, you want to have life. You want to protect life, liberty. Got that clean. Pursuit of happiness creates the biggest, wildest, batshit country in the history of the world. (laughs) Right on. Yep. Huh? Whoops. And they're, you know, and everybody's pursuing it. And, you know, I mean, you have your likes and dislikes among Americans, you know, everybody does. Uh, so, you know, I mean, for example, I think, you know, um, Bill Clinton was pursuing happiness. You know, Hillary Clinton was pursuing happiness. Uh, you know, George Bush Jr., Sr., Obama, you know, Donald Trump was pursuing, you know, happiness and Joe Biden pursuing happiness. And you like and you dislike and then like uh, real, you know, packaging stars like AOC. She's people said, you know, she's awful. She's I said she's as American as amber hot dogs, you know, and apple pie. I said she's packaging. She's already merchandising herself. Tax the rich. It's now uh, I said this is as American as it possibly can be. She's reinventing herself and everything else. But I but with all of them, I don't know if it adds up to happiness. Yeah. And yeah, and, and you live close to Silicon Valley and Hollywood and everything else and enormous pursuit of happiness. But I don't know. I don't know too many of them that I would uh, give them credit for actually achieving happiness because the pursuit of happiness pursued over uh, 40 years just gives you a habit, hab, a habit of always pursuing. Of always not being, being there. Yeah. But, but not uh-huh. being there. Yeah. And so that's it. And that's the gap in the gain that it's a gap concept because it's an ideal. Okay. But it's not measurement from where you came from. I mean, America based on where it came from is the greatest success story in the history of the world, but based on achieving the ideal, not successful at all. Yes. So let's do, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to know then is, and you, you began this last bit about how we raise our kids, but also think about it in terms of how we uh, operate our businesses. So I'm curious, think through the lens of managing in the gain versus the da- gap. If we're, and as a business owner and a founder, I'll give you an example of a really great thing that Dan Sullivan does even before dinner, which is everyone at the table, we do a positive focus. And it's something fantastic that excites you every day that happened personally or professionally. And everyone goes round, round robin. And what I know it does is it aligns us energetically and we all feel a positivity and the focus of every conversation stays in that mode. Mm-hmm. And it's also fascinating. It's a way to, break the ice and create a deeper connection with people. And also um, uh, each person when they arrive, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we, we haven't done it since COVID because, uh, you know, nobody's traveling and, uh, you know, we're, we're not having the workshops. But the moment we go back to workshops, we'll go back to having, you know, you arrive on Sunday and Sunday night we have dinner at our Chicago house. And next morning we have a, 10 times workshop. And then the next day we have the free zone workshop. But what, when you realize, I mean, um, uh, we now see each other more often because of the 10 times, you know, the connector calls, but in other days you wouldn't see the other person for 90 days. So they come in and when they walk in the door, they're more attached to where they're coming from. They, they, than they are where they've arrived. So what I do is I say, you know, we can talk, 
you know, and we, we talk very, very nicely and everything, everybody fills everybody in. But when we sit down to dinner, I say, let's everybody go around now and say something they're really happy or excited about from the last 90 days. And you can just feel the energy come into alignment as we go, you know, and sometimes it lasts an hour and a half, two hours, you know, as we go through and, you know, we're eating good food and we're drinking good wine and, uh, you know, er everything like that. But I have a rule, you know, and it's just a, um, uh, I don't have much management role in our company because Babs really runs the company, but I do have this rule, no meeting starts without a positive focus. Uh, of getting everybody in the room and no meeting ends without a positive focus of what people were happy about the meeting. And I said, and that's, you know, that's 20, 25 years. You're not, if, if you didn't do that, Dan wasn't in the room because Dan would have insisted on it, you know. And what it does is it just um, kind of protects the space from other things that are happening to people outside. And the last year has been, you know, especially on Zoom, I do it on Zoom because people are in all sorts of different places related to the shutdowns and the pandemics. And the um, some people have really taken to remote work and other people, it's not been a good thing. But you got to get them in the room. They're there for a half hour and you can't be dealing with everything that's not working in their lifetime and the energy in there. So I always do it. And it really works. It really works. Yeah, it, it does. And, and even when we're doing remote uh, strategic coach meetings, um, you know, you're always there a few minutes before bantering and creating conversation. You start at the top of the hour and then the last chunk, what you're exceptional at is creating relevance, connection and uh, a sense of ownership of every meeting. But I'm curious both inside of coach and outside um, what you've seen, I'm, uh, you know, again, managing in the gain, what are some other techniques we as founders and business owners can use that frankly, it carries over into our family life as well. You know, I, one of my goals is always, how can I be a great dad? I have less influence now that I'm an empty nester. And uh, you know, it's, it really starts with asking empowering questions that um, don't put, another person in the defense, but keeps them in a gain mindset, um, keeps them inspired and motivated to want to come back. Um, you know, that is, you know, you, you want your kids around as long as possible, you know, yeah. hopefully anyway. Um, but the same is true with your well, team members. So what, I, what I, other I th strategies do you have use? to choose the part of your life that's going <clears throat> to give you either the best scorecard or the worst scorecard at the end of your life. And family, I think, is at the top of the list. You know, your relationships and your, and your family. I, I think that's the number one issue. I mean, you can, you, you can go to Mars, but if you screw up, you, you know, you, you screw up the relationships. Uh, nobody remembers Mars. They remember, you know, that you didn't do what, um, was required given the importance of uh, a family. And so one of the things that's really fortunate about this is that it's uh, quickly learned. Okay, so the way you learn the difference between the gap and the gain is by uh, uh, having a ritual, um, you know, ritual, not formal, you know, not a formal ritual, but it's just something you do every day. Um, that uh, you could like at dinner table, one, one of the things I've really encouraged people to do is to have dinner with their family, okay? And that solves a lot of problems. One is you're not at the office, because why are you at the office uh, working um, when you could have had other people handle the things that you're doing, you know? So it actually, you know, just by saying, why don't you just have dinner every night, uh, unless there's an exceptional reason, why not? And um, and everybody at the, you know, you know, father, mother, husband, wife, they're, they're equal partners. And then the children talk and you just talk about the three wins for the day. And if kids are young enough, you just have one win. You know, they uh, they don't get it, but they get the habit really fast and they like it. You know, mom and dad are saying good <coughs> things or uh, complimenting, you know, uh, the best way to raise great children is love. Uh, the parents should love each other and the children should have 
visible evidence every day that their mom and dad love each other. And kids will turn out great because that's what the kids really want to know. Do mom and dad love each other? Because um, that gives me predictability about my future, <laughs> you know, and, and also, right, right. Uh, also if they're loving each other, the heat's off me, you know, <laughs> you know, that they're doing it. So what I, what I encourage, I said, just try it out. They'll resist. And then I said, dad, oh, this is another one of those corny things that you get from that guy that you, you know, uh, yeah, you know, we go on a trip and all we do is hear that guy. I'm so t- tired of him. But you say, no, no, uh, you're going to go to bed tonight and you're going to go to bed happy or not happy. Why don't we just design it so that every night you go to bed happy? So what happened today that was really great? And they said, well, nothing. It was just a lousy day at school. And I said, yeah, but what did you think about? What new thought did you have? It doesn't have anything to do with school. You know, it's actually a thought that you have a bypassing school so that you don't need school. Oh, oh, and then they're off to the races, you know, and everything. And then say, yeah, tomorrow, what could you do that's kind of like that? Do you have something, um, you know, not the same thing, but something different that, and uh, it takes about two or three weeks. I find generally you have to stick with it. And then, then they want to do it for life, you know, and if you're on a road trip, they'll say, you can be on the road trip, but you got to phone in and say what your wins are. Okay. And, um, and you know, um, here, here's the thing. A child during the end of the day is going to have an experience that at, at the end of the day, their judgment is it was a crappy day or it was a good day. So if you can give them a, a capability to actually design and create endless good days, that's a good lifetime skill to have. And this does get back to, um, I mean, the, the equation is so simple, which is celebrate your successes, acknowledge them, acknowledge them. But it's which, based on reality. You're measuring back to where you started. And, you know, yeah. it's actually based on, it's not, uh, the problem with ideals, there's no reality to it. It's, uh, it's an imaginative thing because that hasn't happened and you can't measure against it anyway, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, when when I become one of the first astro- astronauts to walk on the moon and then I can see the Earth, I will be a transformed human being. He said, no, in 30 minutes, you have to get back on. You got to get home and everything like that. And this part of the job's done. So go on back home, you know. Yeah, but uh, I've been thinking about this for 30 or 40 years, you know, that I would be the first person. And certainly if I become one of the first human beings to land and I see the earth, I will be a trans- spiritually transformed human being. So no, no, no. Yeah. First of all, you're going to feel really grimy because you haven't had a bath in three days and, you know, and, uh, and there's still some danger in getting back. So get back on, go through the checklist, get back there. You're expected in Houston uh, next Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And they get home and their wife says, now that you're home for a while, on the way home, could you pick up some ground beef? And they say, do you know who I am? And she says, yeah, you're an absent father and husband. And you got you got some sucking up to do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to do around this place? Go to the moon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the big thing is we create a transformational moment in the future that if we achieve certain things, then we'll be a different person. No. And no, uh, you'll achieve certain things that's measurable and it will represent real progress. But if you're asking for a transformation, I'm sorry, that's not a part of goal setting. Yeah. Transformation is actually being happy with what you actually do achieve. That's a big transformation for most people. Yeah. The, the, again, going back to one of the first things, as soon as you start comparing it to someone else or where you thought you'd be, um, that's where misery kicks in. I, um, I'll, I'll leave this at one, <clears throat> one other comment. We can start uh, bringing this one uh, home, but, I met a guy, super successful. He had his FU number in the bank. He's about early 50s. And um, I met him at an event. And he was 
just miserable, suicidal, and um, he didn't feel valued. And, you know, his, his point of reference was everything that I've worked for um, doesn't matter. And, and the, the, what I've noticed in a lot of successful people, so I'll just say a big batch of billionaires, you know, so I'm measuring it by money and fame and celebrity and status. But what happened is they, when they were 17 or 21 or some age, they created this target that they wanted to get to. And um, along the way, they, they hit their target. And the problem is they didn't reevaluate what mattered. Um, and, and I think that's, so if you have a static destination um, and you get there, you'll find out, you know, I can I think the best way I can describe it is, you know, when you're five years old, you might want a million gumballs. And finally, if, if that's what you're focused on and you have a million gumballs and you're, uh, you know, whatever, 53 years old, you're like, what the hell did I want gumballs for? You know, they're completely irrelevant. So I think that's uh, another part of this, that yeah. the psychology, as simple as it may seem, is so non-obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, well, happiness, is only measured, uh, happiness can only be measured backwards. It can never be measured forwards. I mean, it's a simple rule. And, uh, you know, and the people who uh, we have liked the best in our life, uh, you know, and these could be teachers, parents, uh, you know, any position, friends and everything else. If it's long standing and you like them continuously, uh, my sense is that they probably measure happiness backwards. And when you're with them, they get you to do that so that you actually appreciate. So one of the reasons you, why you like being with them is because uh, they get you to measure happiness properly when you're with them. Okay. And, um, you know, and a lot of people are just intuitive about this because they don't actually, I mean, they don't have the diagram and the gap and the gain concept, but I find uh, I'm really good at visualizing thoughts. I'm really good at graphically illustrating thoughts. And it just struck me that um, if there's 8 billion people on the planet, every one of them sometime during the next 24 hours is going to be both in the gap and the gain. The question is, when they go to bed at night, are they in the gap and the gain? Because your, your, your nighttime adventures are very, very influenced by your judgment about what kind of day you just went through and what kind of day you're going to through tomorrow. So my, my sense is that uh, your brain will do anything you tell it to do, but it needs direction. And if you keep saying, look for bad, hey, you know, hey, bad, good, I don't care. I just want to do something. Yeah, you're going to find it. Well, um, where should people go to get the book? Is there a specific website that we're yes, sending people uh, to? Yeah, uh, it's uh, thegapinthegain.com uh, and uh, okay. uh, strategicoach.com, you know, and uh, Amazon has it. Amazon, you know, Amazon, the, uh, you know, um, Gap in the Game, you know. Yeah. Great. Well, Am I also Amazon, <clears throat> Amazon is, will do anything you want it to do. Just, just. So that they have your credit card. They love to sell you stuff. That's what I know. Yeah. <clears throat> and their yeah. apps will listen to everything you talk about and put that up on the homepage of your website or your uh, buying app anytime you'll want. And, and what I did do is I set up a shortcut link. So if you just want to get the book, you can head over to capabilityamplifier.com slash gap, yeah. and that'll send you, you right to the, uh, the book and you can grab it there. Yeah, so, and this is a bit of a viral book in the sense that... Um, and you, when you're, uh, first of all, Ben Hardy is just a fabulous writer. I mean, he's just a really, and Ben, I have to tell you, my ideas, from my standpoint, I said, Ben, the idea works, just do it. And he said, no, I'm going to tear it apart. And he tears the idea apart. He did the same way with the who, not how. He tears it apart and he puts it back together. And he adds a lot of uh, wonderful context to the ideas. So, um you know, and um, I could never write the book that Ben writes. Ben is just, uh, he's an amazing, amazing writer. And Tucker Max threw in a lot of direction. And, you know, cover designs come from 
uh, and both get both books come from uh, from Tucker's shop. He's got really he's got a real sense for packaging covers and yeah, everything. They sure do. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's very and good. The, you know the thing is that uh, you will immediately uh, when you read the book you'll immediately think of ten other people that it would be crucial to you that they understand this concept because you'll have much better discussions and you'll have much better teamwork as a result of this. So, and, you know, um, I'm predicting your, your, your future addiction to this book. It's, it's, um, well, I, I've made it a part of every conversation I have with professionals now. And I also, um, remind people without being a jerk about it, but I'm like, you're living in the gap. You're living in the gap. How do we get back in the game? And uh, how do we get back in the game? I make it about us or them, whatever is more effective. And it's a very, very powerful anchor. And I, by the way, we've got <clears throat> the, the domain that we want to send people to, by the way, is gapandgainbook.com. I had Gord correct us while we were on, right, on, great. on here. Gapandgainbook.com. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, another great episode. This has been a lot of fun. Um, it's always fun to wander around with you for uh, a time or two. And um, uh, I think we can wrap this up. And I can just say, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, or you can think of anyone who could benefit from this type of thinking, employees, kids, other entrepreneurs, make sure you forward it to them. And we'd love your comments and feedback on uh, iTunes as well. Anything else you want to add, Dan? Nope, I'm good to go um, uh, with this. And, uh, you know, uh, we talk about amplifying your capability and uh, how you measure your progress is one of the most crucial skills to amplifying your future capability. You've got to, you've got to uh, take ownership and be happy with your past um, growth of capability to get new capability in the future. I got nothing else. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, everyone.